Hey everyone, I'm Kyla. Welcome to my channel where I talk about the stock market and the economy amongst other things. Welcome to the Everything That You Need To Know series, a series of different primaries where I break down everything that you need to know about the stock market, the economy, and the crypto market. If you wanna go ahead and hit subscribe, that would be awesome. Today, we're going to be talking about the housing market. Yesterday, the Commerce Department released their monthly new residential construction report. I'm going to be talking about what that means, how that ties into some of the supply chain problems that we've been seeing, as well as the dynamics of the build to rent market. The current composition of the housing market, the Commerce Department released a new report, so monthly new residential construction, October 2021, housing starts slipped 0.7% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.5 million units. Permits for future home building increased 4%. Starts have declined from March, but the March was a 14 and a half year high. So essentially what this is saying to us is there's a huge backlog of houses authorized for construction, but not yet started. There is a lot of people who are getting permits. So they're like, yeah, I'm going to go build. You just wait. But there's not a lot of people starting homes. Starting would be when you go and get your little excavator and you dig up the land and you're finally building. The actual building of single family homes tumbled. It's the four straight monthly decline, but the permits jumped to a 15-year high. People are trying to build, but it is tough. A lot of the problems are zoning problems, higher land costs, lack of labor, inflation, of course. That's pushed starts to the lowest level since August 2020, which is not good because we do have a little bit of a housing problem on our hands. Everything's kind of messy. There's developmental delays, lots that are needing to be developed, and builders are out there trying to scoop up more lots because the price of land is so expensive. There's a lack of resale inventory and consumer demand. So consumers are like, I would like a home please right now. So builders are trying to meet that demand and that is just putting upward pressure on everything. The median price, almost 20% increase in prices of home, still high adjusted for quality, but supply is low. So it's creating some really funky dynamics. And of course, there's a big gap between actually being able to build a home versus actually building a home. And that's a problem, right? So there's a shortage of, of homes and people are snapping up stuff left and right. What are some core drivers of all this? So ah, it's a lot. 60% of mortgages have an interest rate of a below 4%, which is very low. That's kind of why you're hearing people wanting to lock in a low rate. They're either going to refinance or they're going to take out a mortgage and get a home, even if like, maybe they don't want a home right now. Rates are so low and you know the Fed might raise rates. What are we going to do? 79% of all new home sales are over $300,000. So homes are very expensive. Mortgage rates are very, very low. There's huge supply and demand mismatch. And part of this issue is the house itself and the people. So house itself, it's raw materials, supply chains, disrupted building timelines. You can just look at this anecdote for cabinet lead times is that 18 weeks versus normally being at three to four weeks. So if you just see that in cabinets, imagine what else is going on. There's a shortage in absolutely everything. All of that is going to show up in the cost of building a home, especially when you think about the price of metal, the price of different fixtures in the home, all of that's going to impact stuff. So there's price increases across the board. Phosphates are up 110% since January, 2020. Metal molding and trim are 17.3% up over the last three months. Panels, parts, and sections for prefabricated buildings are up almost 17%. You're just seeing huge pressure in all these different inputs that go into building a home. Energy prices are through the roof, but also you have things like metal and domestic water heaters, plastic construction products. All of those prices have increased as well. So that's going to put pressure on the prices of the home. That's going to put pressure on the builders. And that's why we're seeing this really big gap between permits and starts. Also lumber. Lumber went parabolic.
symbolic back in March and lumber's on the rise again. And lumber is obviously a key input into building a lot of these homes. It's up 70% over the last month, but still down 54% from the peak, but it's on the move. It's on the move again. 60% of builders are saying that there's a big shortage in windows and doors. Essentially, you have a huge problem with the builders not having the materials they need to build homes. Then also you have the people side of this equation. So you have very, a ton of pressure in the supply chain, and then you have the people side of the equation. So labor and then the buyers. So labor, Ali Wolf, who is an incredible follow on Twitter, highly recommend you go follow her. She said the average age of a subcontractor is 55 years old. There's 333,000 jobs opening in the construction industry at the end of September. Not only are these contractors probably going to age out of the industry very soon, there's probably not going to be people to potentially take those jobs. Almost 80% of builders nationally are reporting labor disruptions because as she tweeted out as well, just got off a call on building supplies. The VP of supply chain mentioned that in Dallas, Amazon is advertising $22 an hour with the $3,000 sign-on bonus. He said this kind of competition is making it hard for suppliers to add new shifts, fill existing positions, and ramp up production. You have competition from places like Amazon, then you have those workers probably wanting to retire sometime, and then who is going to fill those roles? So one of the things that I often talk about on this channel is that we have this big disconnect between the digital and the physical. We can all go yeet off into the metaverse, but if we don't actually have homes on the ground, if we don't have people who are willing and able to build the homes, that's going to be a really big problem. But on the other side of that equation, you have consumers. This is from Ali again, home price and cost of tug of war. The majority of builders we survey nationwide are reporting that buyers are resistant to any price increases, but the cost of materials and labor keep rising. Feels like we're in an inflationary cycle, but it's getting harder to pass on prices. This gets into the idea of crypto money. Rick wrote a really great piece on this. So the inflation of the crypto bubble and the stock market bubble has helped inflate other asset prices. So there's only a certain number of homes that can ever be in existence. Only 21 million Bitcoins, only X number of homes, right? So with that supply and demand mechanics, crypto rich people, rich people from the stock market as well, are demanding homes. They have more money probably than the average buyer. And so they're able to push up the price of homes because they're coming in with larger check sizes. I won't touch on this too much, but the idea of digital real estate, that's being bid up exponentially too, because there's just so much, the system is absolutely flush with cash. Something that's interesting that's happening in the home building market is this build to rent model. So we all know that institutions like to buy up homes. They have access, they have money, they have bags. So this build to rent model is essentially you're going to build um, a bunch of single family homes. You're going to rent out those homes to people. So these people are going to be living in a home, but they're going to be renting. So a lot of people got a very low mortgage during the pandemic. They got a home at maybe like a really good price during the pandemic, pandemic pricing, however it is. So these institutional investors are coming in that are saying, okay, you know, we're going to be watching for you people who are foreclosing, but they're also bidding on existing land, which is really interesting. So there's this chart from Rick again. So who was buying raw land in 3Q 2021? Mostly these build to rent people, especially in the Southwest, especially in Florida. <laughs> so they're coming in, they're snapping up land. So land values are rising and these build to rent people are outbidding absolutely everybody. And that bid up of land, so just the land to even build the home, is negatively impacting affordability and long-term demand. Investors are working with developers directly. Investors realized it's not about buying homes. It's not about buying existing homes because they're thinking, ah, oh, you know, they'll foreclose, we'll get them eventually. Investors building homes, they're gonna own that thing ground up. If you can create a standardized product in one location, it's a lot cheaper than producing a bunch of customized homes. Lennar and DR Horton are getting into this because it is a pretty cheap model to have over time, this build to rent model. There are investors who have been buying one in every 10 
homes sold in the U.S. over the past decade. This is groups like Blackstone, J.P. Morgan, Brookfield. All of them are invested in single-family homes. The number of single-family build-to-rent homes has reached its highest quarterly volume on record during the third quarter of 2021. So this is absolutely taking off. One of 20, one of 20 new homes that come to the market are for this build to rent model, which is a lot. This is a quote directly from the article, and this was written in September, 2020. But once January comes, that's when the carnage will come. We're just giving people choices they've never had before. And so what's going on with this build to rent market? Essentially what's happening here is Wall Street landlords are like, yeah, 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 we see something here. The problem here in sort of like why they might be like, oh yeah, foreclosures are coming is because a lot of people are house rich, but cash poor. So you can take out a mortgage for 4%. You can put, you know, however much money down, but a lot of people have mostly equity in their homes. And you can see this in how people are treating their homes as a financing material. So why have you taken or are considering taking money out against your home for a home improvement project, for investment opportunities? So when you get a home, it's not just a place to live. It's also an investment vehicle. And people are going to use that, this build the rent model. It's quite interesting to me because it's doing a couple different things. So it's, it's buying up land, right? And that's going to put pressure on other builders that are trying to build maybe for individuals. They're trying to build in a way that is accessible for the average person. This is pricing the average person out of owning land, maybe owning their own home, because they're coming in and they're bidding up the price of land. And then the other thing is so investors bid up, let's say they get the land, they bid up the price of land, and then they're gonna start building. All of those homes are going to be fabricated to look the exact same. They're all going to be built around the same sort of standardization because that's cheap to manage, cheap to rent. That is going to prevent these people from getting equity in a home. That is going to prevent them from being able to use that home as we saw as a financing tool. There's a lot of amenities that are going to be taken care of if you are able to rent out out stuff you don't have to deal with like as much headache as the average homeowner probably does because there's going to be a management agency however real estate is one of the direct paths to the quote-unquote american dream having a home is usually a very very good way for you to grow your wealth because you have this financing tool but these build for rent homes are being built up all over the place so if you look at this map all of them up in the like michigan indiana ohio all around the, the southeast all around california it it's just huge. So single family starts built for rent, huge spike in these built for rent homes. Home prices are just absolutely out of reach. And so it's kind of this really weird feedback loop where home prices are expensive. There's a supply chain problem. Institutions are bidding up the price of land that is going to cause prices to be higher. But essentially, people are being priced out of the market, not just because the institutions are there, that doesn't help, but it, it's creating a very strange pricing dynamic in the market. It could be really interesting over the next few months to see how these build for rent places, do they take over? Do we start seeing this kind of replace the average person being able to afford a home? Probably not, but it's definitely something to pay attention to. It's editing, Kyla. I just wanted to add something because I feel like this piece was very much a lot and the main point I was trying to get across with the built to rent stuff is that these institutions are coming in and making it a little bit harder for people to even get closer to owning a home. I don't think it's net net the whole problem. Obviously there's huge supply chain issues, there's just a lot of land like zoning law stuff, so there's a lot of policy problems, and so I don't want this to come across as being negative around people being able to have access to a home, because you could argue that home renting is better than apartment renting, I don't know. I'm in no position to even be close to owning a home any time soon. I'm not trying to come across as saying like, oh, this is how the world should be and 
I understand that there's a lot of economic disparity, a lot of economic inequality. The main point I'm trying to get across is the home price dynamic issue is because of the supply chain, but it's also because of institutions coming in and putting upward pressure on stock. So hopefully I got that point across, but just wanted to clarify just in case anything came across the wrong way. And this is kind of what we saw with Zillow. Zillow, the iBuyer institutional failure, essentially they were like, algorithms can buy homes for us. It, it's, it was a really messy process. The algorithms didn't know the vibe of the local community. And also a local person is going to know the market a whole lot better than Zillow ever could. But essentially Zillow homes were like, oh, we can, we can do this. We can help people get out of their homes and into new homes potentially. Obviously a huge failure because no, they can't. So a lot of homes left in Atlanta, a lot of homes left in Phoenix, a lot of homes left in Tampa. They just didn't know the local markets well enough because you could not have an algorithm figure everything out, all these small details all about these localized areas. Open Door has been doing this for a little bit and they've had five times more transactions than Zillow since 2018. You can see this on this map here where they are versus Zillow. That's a lot of what's going on in the housing market. I'll probably do a longer piece on this soon, talking about the future of homes too, because with 3D printed homes, as Ali tweets out, we need to invest in technology to help us find a solution of how we can build more homes in the future to meet the demand in a labor constrained world. Beyond that, we need to focus on sustainability and figure out a better way to build a home. I totally agree with that. I think that the home building process is a little bit funny, but of course it makes sense that people would want a home. So it creates a lot of interesting dynamics and it's something that we need to figure out. Uh, the build to rent market is very interesting. Also just the shortage in homes, just pricing people out of the market. So it'll be interesting. Ooh, all right. So this was everything that you need to know about home building. So thanks so much for hanging out. Thanks so much for spending time with me. If you want to go ahead and hit subscribe, the YouTube CEO will personally write you a letter of thanks. <laughs> all right. I'll talk to everybody soon. All right. Bye.